Blog Talk Radio. Now it's time to bring in the master. Grab your cigar and rum and tune in for the Kayak Fishing Raw Podcast. Hosted by Bigfoot Jays and Wahoo Joe. Straight out of Hawthorne. can't catch what you can't see. That's why fishermen everywhere rely on Costa for the clearest sunglasses on the planet. Costa's sunglasses feature 580 lenses, which are beyond polarized. 580s are what the pros use to improve clarity, reduce eye fatigue, and stay on the water longer. Try lens colors like silver mirror or copper for sight fishing or blue mirror when you're offshore. 580 lenses come in both glass and polycarbonate, and they're back for life. Check out the new Costa sunglasses at Captain Harry's, Crook & Crook, El Capitan, Bass Pro, or your favorite Costa dealer. I want to welcome everyone to the Kayak Fishing Raw podcast. And Jay, we survived Irma, my friend. Empty my bank account and buy that boy with a pipe. Buy that boy with a pipe. I might. I might. Oh, God. We did survive Irma. Can I tell you what's it's been really, a while? It's been a long time, and can I tell you what really a lot of people got pissed off at me about over at Mia about what was yeah. that? Um, okay, I wanted that son of a bitch to hit us direct directly on. What's wrong with you? I know. But after you went through not having power for how many days? Five. I had seven. I now would you okay say here's you, the thing? Here's the thing. It's I still am very. Torn, and the reason why is because my pool pump sucked up so much bullshit that it's broken. Now I gotta dig a hole in the ground, cut oh, the pipe. Oh no! Are right, you serious? it's a nightmare. Um, didn't have electricity for five days. Generator, living in one room, turning it off. You the, had you had a generator. Well, it just so turned out that one of my best, well, one of my best friends, like, hey, I got a generator. I'm like, okay, thank God, because if you didn't do that, I've been totally fucked. Eric D was like, bro, just drain all the fuel out of my boat. So we had fuel for days. It wasn't an issue. Right. But it's a good idea. I mean, I was just, you know, it, it was more of a pain in the ass type shit. But here's the thing. This hurricane was a pain in the ass. I, I went out. I agree with you. I went outside a lot during the storm. Right. A lot. I was always out there. It was like careful, but constantly front yard, backyard, trying to see which, you know, I want to see what mother nature can give you. But if we got hit, directly on by that son of a bitch i don't think we would be having the show right now i really don't Uh, i don't think a lot of nobody not a a lot of people wouldn't be back to work trees would be down like you can't believe electricity would still be out cars would be it would be a fucking catastrophe so my main issue well first of all you know we when the storm hit and everything we had power for a while actually our power didn't go out until i think it was Saturday, like, evening almost. After the storm. Yeah, so we were, like, excited. We were like, oh, my we made God. It. We made it. I think we made it. Right. I think we're going to be good. I get to watch my Raiders tomorrow. I get to, you know right. what I mean? Like, I, I was really Fish excited. Fish tank is safe. Fish tank is good. Everything's alive. My big red tail catfish is doing well. Okay. And power goes out. And then what happened to all those things you just mentioned? Died. <sighs> Except my reef tank. So my reef tank made it. So anyway, well, let's rewind. So we lose power. Yeah. And, you know, I had I had enough gas. I had a small generator. Oh. And what I did as well. Where'd you get your generator from? From your, oh, your boy over at Turbo USA. Right. Up. Okay. okay. But, but <clears throat> what really saved our ass yeah. was I went on Amazon before the storm hit, like three days before, and I ordered uh, an inverter to plug into my truck to so that essentially my F-150 was- from Pompano Ford would be my generator. Nice plug, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and that truck from Pompano Ford right. saved my ass. Where's you guys the truck and, from? And my reef tank. It was Pompano Ford well, saved. No, I I talked. To I you. was sleeping in my truck from Pompano, Pompano Ford. Ford. Okay. <laughs> hey, you know that truck you got from Pompano Ford? That's the truck that got you around. Uh, we just lost the sponsor. Right. <laughs> um. <laughs> I talked to you at one point. But I'm not lying. I was living in the truck. No, you were freaking out because you weren't sleeping. You were worried about the tank. Didn't sleep. The temperature I know was going up. You were 90 degrees. corals were freaked out. I lost lost about eight coral. Okay. All the stonies. Of course, the most expensive ones. Of course. 
Um, fish were okay though. Fish, fish made it a lot. Them. A lot of my softy corals made know. it. Okay. Um, and the biggest loss of all that we had, which was really devastating. I heard you cried. I got like teary eyed. Yeah, choked up. Was my red tail catfish? No, why? I don't. I don't understand why he died because the circulation wasn't there. So what happened? There was no is, oxygen in the water. He was alive for three plus days. And was doing okay after after we lost power. Okay, problem came where okay, you know now we're going on day four, and that hot sun is beaming on the pond, and it's just there's no oxygen left, and it's just sucking up oxygen in the water. So what I did was I noticed that he was a little off, so I started essentially making myself my own pump by using five gallon buckets and taking water in, putting water out. You know, creating bubbles. Oh, not not, not you know, you're scooping and scooping. Right, right, right. right. Okay, but you yeah. can only do that for so long. Right, right. And I had a lot of other stuff to do. I mean, there was trees down everywhere. We lost our big tree in the front. I had to cut that up, and you know, it was just. It, it really was a pain in the ass. It was a pain in the ass, and then you know, she eventually she died, and it was rough because I had that fish for a long time. I mean, that fish was kind of the staple of when you went to Joe Hector's house. Yeah. Hey, you, let's go see, let's go see the red You tail. would pet her. You'd smash on the water. She'd yep. come up, you'd pet her, you'd feed her yep. mullet and shrimp. And Out things. of my hand. Yeah. God. Are you so, is it safe to assume that you are moving on to a new one? Or are you done with red tails because of this? I'm done. Really? Yeah. And I lost a couple koi. I had two koi make it. Don't be coy with me. Yes. See what I did there? Yes, that was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, it was a pain in the ass. And listen, my, my big issue, and I'm not one of those people that goes on, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, someone that bitches all the time. I'm not one of those trolls that are always online, you know, bitching about everything. But, and I know, and I know everybody had problems during the storm, but the one thing that really got deep in and annoyed me was that after Wilma FPL uh, start, started upcharging people's bills ooh, um, because what they were doing was they were going to have a project to where they were going to strengthen all the power sources mm-hmm. throughout South Florida. Right. Because after Wilma, it was devastating. A lot of people lost power for like two to three weeks. So we have this storm that comes through. Now we're paying what is an I think it's like an extra thirty bucks on our bill. I'm guessing that number. I'm it's like thirty, forty, or twenty dollars more right. ever since Wilma because they were supposed to upgrade the transformers, upgrade the wiring, all that stuff, right? Right. Irma comes through. We don't get a direct hit. They said it was like getting a category one hurricane where we were. Yep. Okay. And yet there are still people to this day going on, what, week three almost, that don't have power. That is ridiculous. And I don't – and listen, the guys on the ground worked their asses off. They were good guys. You know, guys came from all over the place to help restore our power. Wow. My issues with the CEO, my issues with the higher-ups, where did our money go? And why did the equipment not – why were they not up to par? That's my question. You know, I, I, I've always said to myself, why is Do you it? agree? Well, I was going to get you a tr- shirt that says FP&L troll, but um, <laughs> no, no, I, I, my question is like in my neighborhood, right? underground. Now like, you're West. I'm West, but you know, older neighborhood though. I mean, for, right. like, house is built in like the late sixties. You okay. know what I mean? So just like mine. But why is, there's no, there's no wires above the house. There's no, none of that stuff. It's all underground. But the, after the storm, three days after the storm or five or whatever it was, you know, I've got power, but the guy next to me doesn't, but the one down from him does, and the one doesn't and does and doesn't. Yeah. And I'm like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, you, you think grid or whatever, but no, I, I I don't know. But anyway, I'm glad that uh, – And you had what – would you say it was five days? Uh, four or five, I think. Okay. Yeah, you know. And it was, I mean, just no work and, you know, you're no, – you're a pain in the ass. pain in the ass. But yeah. everyone had to go through it. Right. You know, it is what it is. Unfortunately, the keys got – freaking destroyed I mean, just from what i've seen Oof. you know all these firefighters went down there to try to help i mean they those people were basically landlocked like they were getting their supplies via helicopter via boats via what i yeah. mean i was watching some of these guys videos and the, the water so screwed up right after the storm that the lobster i mean not one or two but you know dozens of them are sitting up against the 
surface of the water either on the seawall or on the boat ramps because they can't breathe or whatever the case is. is. Dead angelfish, all kinds of other fish on the boat ramp, like right next to the surface. You know what I mean? Like right there. and, And I'm saying to myself, like, how bad is it? And then just, you know, you're getting a snippet here of this building that's half, you know, sure. boat, boats are in the middle of the street. With Rooftops gone. gone. You know, a lot of people died. A lot of pe- I, sure. I don't think we really even know yet the severity of what, as soon as they open that, those, we should take a trip down to Key West. Yeah, I agree. We should. And you know what it is, too? It's, it's like a double whammy because our friends in Texas had to deal with Harvey. Is it Harvey? Harvey, Harvey yeah. Harvey. And, you know, which was a totally different hurricane. That yeah. one went. And it was one of those fat, just like, just stopped and just rained. Yeah. And rained. And that's the kind of rained. stuff that fucks them up. Right. You know what I mean? And they, here we had one of those fast ones yeah. that, you know, the well, next no, 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 day no, no, it was wait, sunny. Wait. Do you remember, how well do you remember the day before? Because it went like this. It was supposed to do this curve and completely ass fuck us right up the East Coast. Right. And then what does she do? She kind of stalls out. She gets stuck over, she went deeper into Cuba over those mountains and we thought, and it did, she, it did weaken her. She comes the off of Cuba. She's in the Gulf Stream. And I'll never forget, Phil Fierro from Channel 7's like, guys, uh, the wind's pushing her east and the wind's pushing her west, so good luck. And you're like, ah, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, my God. Got to go. You know, my brother is like, I'm, I'm totally, because he's in Tampa. He's like, I'm doomed. And then, like, you know, it's just. Tampa got hit pretty hard. I heard people in Tampa still don't have power. Who really? It's the it's. I want to know like Marco Naples, Marco at Fort Myers, all that stuff. Everglades City, Chuckalusky. Well, Miami. You know, there's not Miami, a lot of Miami people. got it bad. I well, there were seen. some marinas down in Key Biscayne that were just boats were in the water, and then yeah. in, in the Keys. Let's. I mean, let's be honest. Like they were everywhere, underwater, sure. in, in every different. He's got it the worst. <clears throat> Miami looked pretty bad though. There was flooding spots in Miami. Miami is the only spot I believe where people still don't have power. And listen, and another thing too. And, and this, this is advice for some people, you know, if you look around your house and you're seeing trees that are, you know, on top of these wires, those, those FPL guys will come for free and cut them down. I don't know if people know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Cut them down, man. That's, that's what we did. We had two that were like right on top of our wires and we had them cut down and, you know, didn't do anything because we still lost power for seven days. But you know, I mean, it could have been a lot I'll tell you one thing. I do want to give South Florida credit for this. Bay. I've never, I've been living here my entire life. I've right. been through every storm we've ever had, and I've never seen South Florida come together and prepare and prep like they did for us. Sure, it was good. It was no shit fuel, batteries, yeah. water. I mean, I mean, I've, I saw a lot of fights and stuff like that. Oh, I saw well, a fight over well, wood at Lowe's. There was a Cat 5 coming straight at us. Everybody's losing their shit. Yeah. But, you know, the shelters were packed. There, I'm watching TV, and there's this absolute smoke show, this 23-year-old goddess standing in line to go to a shelter behind a guy that looks like he's an extra from the walking dead. <laughs> 80 year old. He could barely even survive. He could hardly oh walk. And they're in line next to each other. And I'm like, you know, that's pretty awesome. You know what I mean, that's pretty right. at the end of the day. Um, they prepped, they planned. We still have another month of this shit. So you, oh, I know. Did you see some of the stuff? We had Maria, Maria, Jose, fucking Puerto Rico's gone. doesn't even exist. Yeah. Anymore. Puerto Rico. I mean, those yeah. people are going to have power for uh, Barbuda's. T- I mean, those those outer islands like that. I don't think South- people get how destroyed, gone those islands are. <laughs> I, I, I don't think bad. they get it. I just because you don't because you live here, right? And your life is here. But think about it. All the, think about nobody Puerto gives Rico. a fuck about those islands besides like taking a cruise or like right. going on honeymoon. Vacation. Besides that, they could care less. Right. Like those. Well, you're island- not going there now. Right. <laughs> if you are, you want to go to Puerto Rico? Right. Uh, are we going for uh, uh, the the sure yeah the red camping? Cross. Right, yeah. Red Cross help. Right. Oh God, so well, that was quite a week. We uh, made it through. Yeah. Um. So, on to bigger and better. Now we still listen. The guys, our buddies in Texas, you know, we still have another tournament, man. They still have another Blue Water Kayak Classic tournament, which is in that, October. Really? Yeah. So uh, what is is where Harvey and they because they got to finish off the ring for the year as well. Okay. Is so where we still, is Harvey? Where it was affected, or we have no. No, idea. no. Corpus Corpus was okay. Okay. I think for the next episode we'll have Todd or someone call in okay. that was on the ground over there and find out like oh, how bad. I mean, yeah, I fished with Micah the other day and I he was telling yeah. me stories. Oh, he should have called the, Micah to just come flats over. Last boats in the middle of the street. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you know. Guy, it was crazy. I mean, I, I'm really proud of Texas for coming through for those people like that. I mean, yeah. that, it doesn't matter what gender, color, race, age, bullshit. 
like you're in need that you're, you're helping each other. And Think about Micah, right? From Railblazer, our sponsor, one of our new main well, sponsors. Technically, which we're going to. technically, Micah's he in has Texas. a new job. I know. But Micah is in Texas, right? Gets slammed by Harvey, right? Right. Deals with that, saving people, flooding, all that stuff. Then he moves to South Florida for this job with Florida Sport Fishing, Captain Mike. And oh, then yeah. a week later, what happens? He gets nailed by freaking Irma. Right. So this guy, you know, two hurricanes, double whammy, back to back. I mean, I feel terrible. Holy, holy God, man. Um, so the mullet run. It's in full force. Um, yeah, we got to talk about that. You know, and uh, we now you got, have a guest calling in. I do. I got so my boy Josh. Okay. All right. So you guys may have known him in the past. He was with Atlantic Bait and Tackle. Okay. He has since moved on to TNR Tackle. Now TNR really? Tackle. What happened there? Well, TNR Tackle. <laughs> TNR Tackle is um, a shop that I've been going to for a very long time. It's right up the street from uh, Commercial Pier. Okay. It's right there. Now, I've always looked at TNR Tackle as a shop that um, was, you know, very much so um, catering to really big money offshore. Fort Lauderdale, right? Yeah, like, okay, like, okay so you're, you're buying your 130s, you're buying your 80s, right. you're, buying your, you're buying your Blue Marlin lures, do, you're do going to build, the Bahamas. Do they build custom rods? Uh, I mean, some of the best custom rod builders in South Florida work in that shop. Um, the guy who owned it and started his name is George Copeland. Okay. We're going to learn more about him from Josh. I consider this guy to be the godfather of snook fishing in Fort Lauderdale. Really? Over Tom Green? You know, I'll put him up against, I'll put him up against anybody. Now this is, this is the nine five four we're talking about. Right. You know what I mean? This is the heart of Broward County, Fort Lauderdale, commercial sunrise, you know, you know, fishing, Lauderdale right. Pier, those kind, you know, and he was, you know, they would take four O senators and they would take a drag, a, 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 a like a, a, a nut, and they would lock the drag down so the reel didn't have drag. It only had one direction, which was crank the handle. What? Otherwise, you're holding on to straight eighty or hundred pound test wow. on a broomstick rod. And this was forty years ago, fishing a mullet that's twelve inches long with a, you know, what's the biggest? Well, I'm gonna have to ask him the biggest snook he's ever gotten. But I mean, I, I heard snook fishing right now is is doing it's on fire like i see people posting i see reports i went out i went out with fred and micah on friday okay. one of my boys let me you got a snook right freddie got a um i mean it wasn't borderline legal it was a little on the smaller side but it wore, we, wait, wait. freddie got a snook freddie caught a snook wow that's unbelievable i mean that's <laughs> how was how did he react he's coming after you by the way like, but it was, um, it was in it was in the dock lights. We right. we worked. We were out. I'll tell you, we were in, in Hillsboro Inlet. We found our mullet. Mullets all over the place. Okay. We went outside the inlet. Cassnet. Cassnet. Yeah. Okay. Went outside the inlet. Worked the North Jetty. Right. Okay. I want everybody to listen to what I'm about to tell you very closely. By the way, don't screw around and go too close to that South Jetty. Oof. Because I had some jerk off put a five ounce lead four and a half feet from my boat and I'm, you know, X amount, I'm X amount of yards right off the North, the South jetty. And he was, you know, he could hit us in the head. You could die. So stay away from those assholes. Yeah. Um, as far as that goes, you know, we were in the middle of the inlet bait goes off. Micah hooks up with a decent sized Jack. And then we, that storm that came in on Friday night with the lightning basically after like an hour and a half, just chased us off. So, okay. um, you know, so that being the case, but you got, you, you had a you nice action jack, right off the bat. Snook, um, fish are blowing up all over the place. You know, the fish are definitely there. It's just a matter right now. Oh, look who's calling in. Ooh. Josh, what's up, homie? Yes. Yeah, yes. I can hear you, sir. How are we doing? Good. Good, man. How are you? I'm wondrous. I'm ready to talk about fishing. <laughs> Josh, it's uh, Joe Hector. How's it going, buddy? Uh, great. How you been? I've been doing all right, man. You know, just uh, just living the dream. You know, surviving Irma. Right. Like all. Yes. Oh, God. So, Irma. so Josh, we got the mullet run coming. We got a lot of people excited. You are the king of kings when it comes to this stuff. So, you know, fill us in. Tell us some secrets. Tell us everything. We want to know, like, if you're a guy. 
you just moved to South Florida. You hear about this mullet run. You know, what, what do you do? What do you buy? What do you need? Um, and also congrats on, um, with, uh, TNR. Um, I, that's, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I am now with TNR tackle. Um, I left on good terms with, uh, Atlantic Bay and Tackle, Florida Native, and um, I basically went over to be closer to home and to pick the brain of a living legend, George Copeland, and yeah. Jeff Seeley, world champion, selfish um, angler, um, and uh, I, I went over there to learn more and um, and better myself, basically. Um, sure. Mullet run, it's a little early for everything. Um, finger muller around more of the bait, a lot more of the actions a little north of us. I mean, they'll be here soon enough with one good blow. It could be down here in full force. And, um, it's a very broad question, but, uh, you know, there's so many techniques. There's so many fish to catch when, when that, when that comes down here, um, every year is different. I'm hoping this will be good. The spring was like excellent for the the spring mullet run, which most people forget about because it's pretty thin. It's it's more silver mullet than than black mullet. And um, as you guys know, we didn't have wait, wait, much so you're rain. You're saying there's enough. two different there's two different mullets. Yeah, Josh. No, 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 Josh. I didn't even know there was a spring mullet. Yeah, yeah, run. yeah. I had to stop you there. That's so. So, the the silver mullet are more appealing, obviously. Correct? Or they're. Uh, they actually have a little bit different shape. I mean, it's a mullet. Their heads are smaller. They're a little zippier than the black mullet. Um, it seems like they need to move around a little more to stay, you know, kind of lively. Um, sure. They uh, they typically come through in the spring going from south to north, and sometimes they'll come in the canals. You'll see them on the beach. They'll kind of blow through. Um We'll get a lot of rain on the inside in a typical spring, and, um, you know, um, and then they open the locks up, and then that fresh water just gets flushed out. They don't like it. They keep moving on. So this last spring was excellent for the spring mullet run. Uh, we had no rain. The locks weren't open. The bait stayed around as long as I've seen it since I've been in Florida. And uh, the bite was really good. And then uh, usually, I guess, when we don't have the spring rains, it results in a hurricane season. So I guess that that's true. So uh, that... Those conditions yeah. <laughs> led to uh, what it led to. Right. So, but, Josh, but, yeah. I mean, as far as right now goes, I know the mullet run is like a time frame that is variable. But, you know, you and I were talking early. Right now is a little early for at least like right here, Pompano, Fort Lauderdale. Um, I'm hearing they're up north, though. I mean, so what what does up north mean? Are we are we talking like about West like West Palm? Like, um, it, Ryan Jones from the nautical store up there. So what, he's, he's seeing schools. You, but Jupiter, West Palm, like where would you draw the line right now to say what's the southernmost point where the fishing is still epic? Prob- uh, probably Boynton. Okay. Probably Boynton Beach. I got a lot of friends up there still. Um, around that area, it's it's a lot thicker here. The the mullet are larger there. It's not just the fingers. You get a mix of like some normal mullet and some bigger mullet. Sure. So it's going to congregate more game fish, and that's that. So um, – you know, sometimes some falls will have a northwest cold front, a northeast blow, and it'll blow the school down. Normally, it starts with like a stream of fingers, then you'll get some bigger ones mixed in. Then it's all big. Um, every year's different. Sometimes it's just like a lot of fingers, a little big, and that's it. You know, and right. then some get trapped inside, and you get to play with them for another three weeks, and then uh, it's over. <laughs> so. So as they move their way down, I mean, the anglers right now have the choice of doing what? Pier, beach, jetty, bridges, and intercoastal? All of the above. Um, you, like I always say, you find the bait and you're going to find the fish. They'll get washed in with the tide changes. They'll kind yep. of congregate. Um, they'll build up. Eventually they find their way out if they don't get eaten. And, um, all all of the above can be good. You, you you find the bait schools, that's where the fish should be. Um, sometimes, though, if the bait kind of holds at different points and, you know, different dead ends, different bridges, and they get kind of get swashed back and forth for 
few days or whatnot, I mean, you can, you know, basically predict patterns and try to, like, target fish. Uh, and that that's kind of the game. I mean, really, it's just go where where the bait is. Find the okay. bait. So There's going to be a reason, I mean, you know. You're, I mean, right now, I mean, are you are you suggesting that it's basically like if you go someplace and you check a spot, you know, you give it a little while, and then you got to get up and move and hit another spot, hit another spot. Yeah. Are we, we're, we're not staying put and waiting for the bait to come to you. We're proactively looking for the bait. You you want to you want to time the tides to to the spot you you, you want to fish where a, a choke point you know pick a bridge um, you know pick the last of the incoming maybe it just depends everyone has their their favorite tide they want to fish some guys like the low tide the last of the outgoing you want to pick the choke points see if something gets flushed through there listen and look and see if there's any activity and then um, you could live bait or basically work the water column from top to bottom that's that's the game right there. I mean, go, go where you think they're going to be and then see if anything's busting them up and then fish hard. If, it, you know, the old school guys, they give it 15 minutes, they pick up, and then they go along the route to the next point. They run ahead of the tide. Um, they try to intercept a fish pattern for a few days. If it stinks, you, you wait till it comes back around. And, and, you know, whether you're night fishing or doing daybreak fishing, um, you chase the tides, chase the tides, and chase the bait. Now, Josh, like species of fish, you know, obviously you're getting your snook, you're getting your tarpon, you're getting the occasional shark, you're getting uh, Jack Crevels, the monster Jack Crevels, um, ladyfish. Um, but I heard a rumor that at night during the mullet runs, you could potentially catch mutton snappers off the beach. Is that correct? And like monster mangroves that are feeding off these these uh, mullets. It, it is. Yeah, you can catch mangroves, mutton, cabera, snapper. You could catch these anywhere. There's bait. They love finger mullet. They love actually bigger mullet. You can throw. Wow. You can throw a mullet. You throw a tarpon, and like some of these cabera, some of these bridges closer to the inlet, um, they'll eat them. They'll eat them. They'll reveal themselves. You get you get cool back bycatches grouper. You'll actually see a lot of bull sharks around. Um, sure. I fished probably uh, within the last week and uh, found a bridge. A lot of mullet were around. They were hitting. We go out there, throw a net, fish a little. It starts to get a little it's slowed down. I look down, as a 400-pound bull shark. And so we knew <laughs> that was going to shut down the we knew it was going to shut down the bite. It started packing up, and as I was walking off the bridge, that thing ate something. I don't know if it was a, a, a snook or, or a bunch of mullet, but it's it brings in life, um, you know. And one one thing now that's that's working well, like I talked about last time, a lot of the guys are throwing artificial. They they yeah. don't like fishing the fingers. They don't want to take the bucket. They don't want to throw them in and haul everything. They've been right. throwing jigs, swim baits, and they've been killing them from basically Jupiter, Jupiter all the way down here. I, I fished with my buddy um, two days ago, and um, he, he put a forty-inch snook in my face, and um, and that's that. Uh, those the, the modern jigs, swim baits, they basically are the same size as the finger mullet, so it's it, it mimics what's there and it works. So, and I I know we've kind of touched touched base about this in the past, but you know, the spool tech lures, uh, flare hawk jigs, um, and then just standard, you know, um, X wraps, things like that, you know, jerk baits that you're, you know, that are basically another artificial bait. Is there anything that mm -hmm. I'm missing that you would have in your arsenal for artificials? I feel like you could go out and fish bridges, piers, beaches, jetties, and only really bring a few things. I mean, is there something else that, you would definitely have in your arsenal. Absolutely. Any, any, any small lipped crankbait like a uh, Yuzuri, okay. um, Yuzuri and X wrap. There's new Shimano. They're called uh cold snipers that we carry at TNR. Those sure. things are excellent. They, they, the exact same size as a medium finger mullet. They cast well. Um, you could throw them around bait schools and kind of probe uh, wherever you're fishing. Those Actually, a lot of people sleep on the popper, uh, just a regular popping lure. Yeah. Really? Um, yeah, but, wow. Yeah, 
preferably in larger size. Like most people would think of a top water lure for like a snook or tarpon would be like a Zara spook type thing, a right. walk the dock. But a popper around structured docks, sea walls is excellent. Um, you throw it; it works really good early morning. You you throw down the sea wall, you you basically bang the thing in the water like like you're going for like a, a a peacock in the Amazon, like a ridiculously loud type, a ridiculously loud offensive um, presentation, and it actually calls them in. It'll call in jacks, um, and it'll also call in snook. They'll come and check out the thing, and then if you draw them to your feet, you do. Everyone calls it the figure eight, but basically George Copeland taught me to just go back and forth, uh, just a side-to-side presentation and they will eat at your feet it's it's insane wow. i always thought you had to finesse them and do a little subtle presentation but basically you just go back and forth and um and they'll zigzag on it and they'll line up on it and next thing you know you know you're you're tight on a big fish right at your feet it's it's an amazing <laughs> bite because top water is always the best. um so in if winning uh, if you're, if you're, do, do you ever recommend the Zara Spook topwater plug as well, or for this? I, I, I do, I do like the Zara Spook. I do like the Zara Spook, but honestly, any type of artificial, I, I, I do prefer the bigger ones, uh, like you know the biggest spook you could find. Yeah. Um, because really, <laughs> the little fish will try to eat them. The little fish will try to eat them. I want, I want to make some commotion. If it's a little windy outside and then you don't hear the tick-tock of a, a Zara spook, right. they're not really going to find it. You want some commotion. that The sound travels further uh, underwater, and it's going to bring their attention, especially if you throw along a wall where jacks would normally pin, up, pin mullet and, and right. kind of corral them and bang them, and then the opportunity fish will come in and, and, and you know basically try to get their meal too. I mean, Josh, this is it's, great uh, because I never personally thought sound was so important and a technique, you know. I mean, I know people use it, but not to this extent. And now it makes sense, you know, thinking about these mullet. They jump, they slap, they run into things. They're kind of a goofy fish. So it, it really mm-hmm. makes sense that these, you know, sound is really important when you're targeting uh you know, all these fish that are feeding. I mean, Josh, I think it's amazing. Like when you say hit that popper, like you would in the Amazon for peacock bass. When I first saw them do that, I'm like, it's ridiculous. Like it's just obnoxious, but I I guess they figured it would offend it. Yeah. Right. I I thought the same (laughs) thing too, till, till I, I saw it done and I saw how it produced. I mean, you, you think it would spook them away, but it doesn't, it'll call them in. And then, um, it's crazy because, the one that I like to throw, it's a it's a tsunami. It's a two and a half ounce. You need a little stouter tackle. I'll throw a baitcaster with eighty pound braid and eighty pound leader because you're fishing around structure. Sure. And um, uh, you know it, it it's you can literally toss it up underneath the dock you're standing on, bang it like twice, and then pull it out. Someone will follow it out. Then you you zigzag back and forth, and they'll come up and just inhale it. It's well, that's unbelievable. That's just unreal. when you unreal. When you, yeah, when you see it, when you see it, you'll be a believer. I, I couldn't believe it until you know. I right. No, I feel like it's very it's very deceiving. Um, Josh, right now, like when when the mullet run is right here in you know Pompano, Fort Lauderdale, and, it, and it's on. You know, it's 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 at its height of of mullet being here. How far west can we still fish and be successful? I mean, is there you know are they all the way to the locks? Like you know whether it's the Hillsborough Canal. That's a, that's or, a great you know, question. That's a great question. That that's a real actually that's an excellent question. Honestly, as far back as the bait will go, that's as far back as you can get the fish. Okay. Um, it's funny you say that because, like, towards the end of the mullet run, as we go from fall to winter and as the water temps cool, the uh, the bait will – some of the bait will kind of just try to – you know, they'll get trapped in the back and they'll, they'll stay there. Um, the snook are either going to go way back in the locks or they're going to go out to, like, the first reef where the water temp holds, you know, 74, 75, wherever they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, um, with that being said, I've I've got off work. Hit some of these back little bridges in neighborhoods. I just 
pick a Google spot and go and look. I see, I look at the bait. I see if they're molested, pushed around, and I start fishing them. So during the day, I always ask, well, where do they go? Well, I found where they go. They, they Usually on a lower tide, muller are going to swim against the tide for the most part. So on a low tide, they'll end up in like shallow, dead-end backwater canals and you're like great there's mullet there but you know there's two feet of water so i doubt there's fish but if you look hard enough and you see them pushed there's something on the outside of them so as that tide switches the mullet try to go out they'll, they'll be under a boat or something but um it really almost seems to me like there really isn't a wrong answer i mean as long as you're trying and you're fishing you know you're 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 either using live bait that you netted or so many you know or you know josh as you were telling me you know you you tie a a treble hook around a lead and you're trying to snag these baits you know that mm-hmm. but a, a plethora of artificials you could use it just seems to me that if you don't fish within the next like i mean let okay so today's what today's a 26th of september when would you say <laughs> Like the like, it's it's over. When they get down thick, it's usually I learned this from from my old boss Steve Dakolis. It's it's probably like three weeks. It, it's like a good three weeks if you you know where it's at its thickest point where you have the most bait. Okay. And uh, and then it starts to taper, and what happens is in Broward, I'll just give you the inside. Like this is how I see it. Um. Basically, a commercial boulevard bridge, the tide splits um, there. Like, it's in between two ports. Commercial boulevard bridge is in between um, Hillsborough Inlet and and Port Everglades. So, I I would fish 14th or Federal or Atlantic, which is north of there, um, on the the incoming tide maybe. And uh, and then when it switches to outgoing – commercial the outgoing tide runs south versus the bridges north of that they runs sure. north. so okay. how i look at it is late in the mullet run or after you know it's kind of been good there's some fish trap there's some bait trapped there and they get swashed back and forth they don't know whether to go south to 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 the that port or north to the other so they kind of get caught in the, in the tides and late in the mullet run that seems to hold that area holds a lot of bait that's kind of like a little secret, so it makes for a good daytime bridge. That's where everyone will think the mullet runs over, but that's where they are, or or, or way back in the in the deep in the canals, closer to the locks and neighborhood canals, where basically you know they're holding up for like the winter till they get eaten or they <laughs> reproduce. Yeah, I mean, geez, I that's I had no idea. I was I, I've always said to myself, you know, between Hillsborough and Port Everglades, is it just the same? But that. I mean that's amazing. I never knew that, man. That's <laughs> thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. You gotta you gotta know where it switches, and it's key. It's key. Then you'll know what side of the bridge to fish, where to look for bait, and where they could potentially be. You pop up and look at these these choke points, and you see bait. You know you got a chance. If you see bait, you have a chance. Um, you know, Josh, I've been going to TNR since I was a little kid, you know, fishing commercial pier a lot. And, you know, as I got older going in there and hanging out with Jeff and, you know, picking his brain and talking with George, you know, George to me was sort of like the godfather, at least of snook fishing in Broward County. Um, I mean, like what is, you know, what is TNR like now? What, 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 and, and, and being able to fish with George, I mean, I, I wish I could do that. Like, so w- what is that like to really be with somebody that's been doing this before all of us were even conceived? It, you know, it, it, it's awesome. It's, I waited patiently. I tried to light the fire with him and he finally decided to start fishing again. So he's an early morning guy. It, it, all the legends and all the stories are, are true. I could tell you that. Like, it's not that I was in doubt, but I wanted to see it for myself. And right. everything they said about him, like, I, I fished with him for two months straight, and he told me on this bridge, at this tide, at this spot, as soon as the sun comes up, you're going to get a fish. If, if you put it under here, you're going to get one. Everything wow. this man told me came to pass in right in front of my face. And um, I learned so many nuances with him It as far as where the fish could be. Um, he pushes the envelope. Like he'll he'll sure. put a bait or a lure under a dock or in between a dock and a, a, 
a boat or like he'll put it where most people wouldn't dare and he he consistently pulls fish out. That's what just kind of blew my mind. It, it my perception on where where fish should be or you know it, it it was totally changed and it and I never caught more fish in the season than when I fished with him. And it, it's not even about the spots. Everyone everyone asks me, oh yeah, you're going to Georgia spots. You're going to catch up. It's not about that. It's about it's about learning hooking the bait. It's about learning. It's hooking the bait yeah. deeper, setting the hook 10 times harder. Once you set the hook, you keep driving the fish through the, the hook set and keep moving them. You keep turning that handle. Um, I mean, the, I, I for everything I thought I knew, he showed me the other 10% I did't know. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, uh, so it's, it, it's crazy. Because there's, there's so many people that, you know, there's those know-it-alls all over on the, online. You know, I've been doing it for, I've been doing it. But, you know, people need some humble pie. And, like, you know, it's always good to learn. Like, I'm a sponge. I love to learn. I love to learn learn new things. Me too. Like, I never claim I'm the best at anything. I mean, I, I have to recommend who, if anyone's out there hasn't been in TNR, you have to go because it'll give you the biggest slice of humble pie you've ever had. I mean, See, and that's, I, you I think walk, it's great. But you walk in the door and you're like, if I want to go to St. Bart's and I want to blue marlin fish for the next three months, I got my whole lineup. But if I want to fish you know, the beach or intercoastal and catch snook and tarpon and permit. And they're going to make sure you know exactly where to go, what time to be there, what to throw, how to rig it and the whole nine yards. Speaking of rigging, Josh, Josh, (laughs) I got a question for you. So when you're, so for, for, for the, for someone that's never done the mullet run and they don't snook fish, let's say they just, they just moved here from Wisconsin, Puerto Rico. Um, yeah. like, oh, that was fucked up. <laughs> Zing, I'm going to get killed. Um, what, what, what kind of rig would you mainly use for doing this kind of fishing? What's for, your main for live bait? Uh, both. Oh, uh, both. Give us live bait and, give us, and artificial. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, that, that's a good question. Um, most people lean towards a spinner. I'm thinking honestly, uh, yeah, yeah. That's a tough one. Um, I, I, I like heavy setups. Um, for the fingers, you could get away with 20 pound, a 20 pound spinner, you know, something like that. You know, if you want to go to braid, um, just basically, uh, a a 15 to 30 pound, eight foot spinner will, will will do you right for most of the moment. It'll, it'll catch you most of the fish. You can fish, you know, bait up to eight inches, nine inches. Once you go to a larger bait and you're targeting larger fish around structure, I immediately go to conventional. Uh, okay. I do a uh, pen 80 pound test. Don't laugh. 130 pound liter. Sure. Um, nine nine hook. Sure. And you could basically fish a very large bait in a very scary area and, and have a very good chance at, at landing whatever chooses to eat it. Because you don't know what it's going to eat, Josh. Do you but, really, you know, do you really think Cruberas go in these bridges and stuff? Like, do, have you seen I, I that happen? I know they do. Really? I know they do. Oh I know God. they do. We um, last year, um, I mean, every every year, uh, every mullet run, people will choose to like bottom fish with like fingers or medium fingers. They'll pin them down there and sit there and chill, maybe free line one or talk to their buddies and they always catch a cabrera and what's funny is sometimes they're caught on like large mullet very large mullet um so, wait, it's wait, not wait. So just a large mullet sitting on the bottom well, wait 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 josh I, my, I guess my question is like let's just we take, gotta do this no let, let's take hillsborough and let's take port everglades right and they're connected through mm-hmm. the intercoastal where would you say like okay you're probably not going to find a cubera at this far in or are they are they fair game to be anywhere in the intercoastal including the inlets um they're they're gonna be closer to the inland i would say because they're they're in and around the inlets and then when the bait gets washed in they're just gonna follow their food source right pretty soon a couple tie changes later they're at a bridge Right. I, you know, I, I kind of feel like then, people forget yeah. that, you know, fish are just feeding and they don't really necessarily care where they are all the time. They're just following bait, following fish, eating, moving. And we, sure. you know, oh, they can't be that far in, you know, and they can. Why not? You know, they just have to swim. I mean, what's, what's, I mean do you think that there are Cuberas that are like under commercial 30, 30 pounds? No, 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 no. Are there Cubera snapper that are under commercial bridge sometimes? 
It's absolutely very possible if there's bait there, if there's a source, if there's a consistent reason for them to stay. Otherwise, they're just going to move on. Around. It's just, just, just think of it this way: any any marina that throws scraps or or you know brings in fish and, and has that type yeah. of uh, structure and bait around and scent, it's going to sure. have its resident fish. You know, uh, so it is what it is. Like anywhere there's there's structure like that, you. They exist. I mean, last I think it was last year we we used to throw. I don't know if I should give this this trick away. It's kind of uh, you got to say it now. You can't do this, Josh. Well, uh, up in Boyden Beach, a lot of people will basically, you know, fish the wall, fish the inlet. They'll take bonita. They'll they'll scrape it up, chum it up, throw a bunch of chunks, get a slick going, and they'll work the sea walls there by the inlet. It's not a huge secret, but a lot of people don't do it right. And I've never even heard basically, of that. yeah, it's insane. But um, but it, it's a great secret. Some people might kill me for this, but you know, if you do it wrong a few times, you get discouraged. But you you could take a half pound of of bonita, throw it on a hook, pitch it up current, let it drift along the sea wall with with the tide, get it deep, and you could catch any and everything. Nurse shark, regular shark, tarpon, snook, or cabera. One of our uh, one of our buddies, he caught a cabera. I think it was pushed to 15 pounds in the middle of the day on a oh, chunk of bonita floated. <laughs> and uh, I, I got it on video, and it pulled drag like a damn tarpon, and um, and that's that. So yeah, you got a chance. Oh my so, you, so you definitely think they're like all around Hillsborough Inlet, right, at night? I don't know about all around. They're going to be, they're going to be, that's a sandier, that's a sandier inlet for the most part uh, from what I've seen. Right. Um, they might be a rockier one, Boca, you know, maybe the Port Everglades. It's possible. Okay. Any, any, and everything. I mean, you go a little north and you'll get redfish mixed in, in there. Too. Well, it's sure. not uncommon. Yeah. Yeah. For them Absolutely. To go, yeah. I, I caught yeah, a bonefish um, kayak fishing right by Lighthouse Point Inlet. Yeah, they cruise the beach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bonefish. I've, I've, I've seen bonefish on intercoastal bridges. I've seen mackerel. I've seen mackerel bluefish on Lantana Bridge. I've, I've seen ribbonfish caught and pogies, you know, Menhaden. Um, I've seen all types of weird stuff caught um, way inland. Where they get I mean, sucked in with the tide and they stay with the bait till the bait's gone and that's that. I mean, at the end of the day, Josh, I think what the bottom line is is you just this is a time of year where you don't want to sit in your ass. You know, yeah. you want to get yeah. out whether no. whether you do no. it once, like okay, hey, we're going. Yeah, like, we, yeah, I gotta get out. We yeah. gotta we gotta go at right. least twice. You know, fish the beach, fish the piers, right. fish the bridges, fish the inlets, fish the intercoastal. Get your ass out there and do some fishing because it's just. So much bait in the water. The fish are around. They're hungry. They're chewing. And you'd be kind of an asshole not to at least try. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the beautiful thing about it, what most people forget is if you time that tide and you see activity one night, you you know, theoretically, you're dialed in for the next few nights. You sure. can hit them, you know. An hour later, you're going to see a very similar result. If the bait's there and they're fired up, the fish know, like you know, it happened last night. It'll happen a few nights, it gets thinned out, and then you go and find a new spot. That's well, the cool thing about it. So, you know. You know, Josh, what I'm thinking from based upon what you were saying, we still have a little bit of time. They haven't really shown up here just yet to where they're at their thickest point. Um, I'm going to reach out to you here, uh, you know, with Joe, and it would be whether whatever you want, well, wherever you want to go, I would really like to fish with you at least once before this thing is over, because I just feel like, uh, There's so much to learn. With yeah, that man. And I, I, mean, I two different types of mullet. I never knew that. Yeah. I mean, I, I really, yeah. <laughs> I hope we can squeeze it in and, you know, Josh, if, if, you know, TNR tackle, you know, you, you guys are on commercial Boulevard. You're just East of the intercoastal bridge. You're on the South side, right there by Las Patas. Um, you know, I, I, I want everybody that's listening to come, ch- you know, are you, are there particular days of the week that you're there or are you just gives your schedule I am change? there Monday through, I'm there Monday through Saturday. We're open Monday uh, Saturday. Eight, eight, from eight to six, Monday through Saturday. Everyone there is knowledgeable. Everyone there fishes actively and, um, they've seen it all. They've seen all week. We have everything you need as far as like, 
tackle and setups. We're 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 a tackle shop. We're not so much a bait shop. We do have bait, but we right. have all the terminal tackle, custom rods, any recommendations you want. We can fit a budget, whatever you need. We can make it work for you. You don't you don't need to spend a ton of money to do it, but if you want something really pretty, we we can make that too. Sure. Um, well, Josh, again, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks. Um, I, I really appreciate it. I no really problem. hope you got a lot of people excited about this mullet run because yeah. it hasn't started yet, but it's already, you know, the, the writing's on the wall. It's coming. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I'm going to, I'll reach out to you here soon and let's, uh, let's put something in the calendar for the next like couple of weeks. Cause I, I really want to, you know, get some fish this year. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. It's, I'm going to show you that popper so you, so you take it on the kayak and get blasted, too. Hey, that, now that, we're talking. That popper on the seawall, man, that's something i got to see, dude. But uh, it's I, 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 I appreciate you coming on again, man, and let's, uh, let's set up something here sooner than later. Absolutely. Give me a shout. Uh, Thank you, Gerald. All right, homie. See you, okay, buddy. Okay, take care. Um, what did we learn? You know, I, I we, we got nine minutes. We learned a couple things. We learned that uh, I am yeah, man. He I, is just full of knowledge. I mean, huh? think about the mullet run. First of all, he's great. You know what yeah. I mean? He told he was telling me stories on the phone the other day about like some top secret spot. You know, I'm not even sure where it was, but you know, his buddy showed up and he was getting discouraged or whatever, and his boy shows up and crushes a 40 inch in his face. <laughs> and 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 I mean, I just think if you think about where the fish are right now, they're all over the place. They're everywhere. Right. They're moving around. They're chasing bait. Don't stay in one spot or stay in one spot and don't move, you know what I mean, the whole night. Right. You've got live bait. You've got artificials. And you've got this for the next couple of weeks. Sure. So don't screw around. Like get it's a treat. It's a South Florida treat. It's a, it, it's a, you know what it is? It's, it's such a nice way to say goodbye to summer, to embrace, you know, the changing of the year of, the, right. you, know, you know what I mean? It's going to – things are going to be different. The, the autumn wind right. is a raider. Those uh, – those uh, those trees are going to be, uh, you know, yellow and orange and brown very soon. <laughs> Not here. Not here. Back where you're from. <laughs> the NEW jurors where lots of murders occur. Oh, oh my God. But uh, no, man, think about it. Tarpon, snook, ladyfish, jack, shark. Oh, everything. Uh, snap. You kidding me? Come on, it's just stupid. It's stupid. not to fish. It's dumb. It's dumb. There's a, there's so many fish out there that I think it's absolutely asinine. Um, we got to go at least a couple times. I know I'm saying that. I always say that, but we really right. got to go. You are the class. I'll do a little beach fishing. You know, for the record, I did text you earlier this week to say you, you text me. But <laughs> for the record, I did. I know I ignored it. God, obviously um, I didn't respond. You did ignore my text. Right. But, but I did go fishing. Okay. And, uh, Let's let's. And you, got, you got some action. We got some action. Okay. Action Jackson. So let's right. get out there and let's, let's go try. to my spot though. My buddy that let me borrow the boat went last night. He got eleven okay. snook. One of them was a slot. No boat. way, really. He doesn't fuck around. These people don't fuck around, man. How many keepers? One. The rest were shorts. Okay. A lot of the a lot of the lights, the dock going lights, from dock to dock. I didn't. T- he had he rushed me off the phone, but I'll tell you this: the dock lights in Hillsborough, there you could see the snook, but they're shorts. And they want – you don't want to fuck with those fish. They're not legal. You know I know I mean? where to get keepers. But what Josh was telling me is – Right on the beach. What Josh was telling me is you want to be able to get that mullet underneath the ones on the surface, down there, lower in the water column, whether he's tired or whatever. Right. You know, certainly to hook it, things of that nature. Go see him. Um, you know, but um, that's the story. Do you want to um, really talk about this NFL thing? You know, I just – you don't. A guy at Steve-O at the gym. I'm just Steve, such a big fan. No, but Steve-O it's, it's at the Here's the problem. Steve-O at the you're like, I'm boycotting the NFL. No, that's stupid. But I'm saying, your dad said he's going to do I it. I know. My dad you're texted me like You're not going to do it. No, I'm not going to boycott anything. So listen, this whole thing is all doesn't even... It's so all, I, listen, all I want to say is, although I don't like what they're doing, and it annoys me, it's their right to do it. These soldiers fought for us to do what they're doing. Right. It's their right. That's why we're free. Here's the thing. I don't have to like it. No, 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 no. The whole reason why this whole thing. But to say, oh, I'm boycotting and all this stuff. Come on. The whole reason why I think this is just asinine is because it's the fucking NFL. And the guys that are in the army that are overseas, that should be the most pissed off of anybody. It has nothing to do with them. They're still going to tune the fucking and watch. Of course. But the thing is. See, people, they don't sit down and actually ask these guys, why are you kneeling? They're kneeling 
it could be for for you. Uh, what do they say? Unity, or some of them say police brutality. Some of them say because I got a weird hangnail. Some of them say, you know what I mean? Like everyone's doing it for a different reason. The whole the whole thing well, is wait, wait, I, don't, I don't have to like time out, it. Time out. Just so I understand, during the national anthem, they're getting on one knee. They're, they're just, not they're standing. Just, is that what this is about? Right. And they're doing it because they're pissed off for whatever reason. Right. But on a team. You know, whatever team it is, you know, they're protesting, which is their right. Oh, right. Right. Okay. Um, but then, but then once they're done kneeling, they stand back up for, and then they play the game. Right. Okay. Now, listen, on the other hand, you could say, well, they're on the clock. You know, when they're playing the national anthem, they're wearing a uniform, they're working. So it's like, what are the owners doing? But again, it's still one of those things where, you know, me personally, I don't, I don't like it, right. but I'm not boycotting anything. It's their right well, to do that. The thing is, I don't think it's possible. Now, my dad will freaking flip out. But is your dad it. also freaking out because Buffalo's 0-3 for he's, the Giants? Yes. That's why he's like, he's got nothing to lose I'm now. boycotting, yeah, after they're 0-10. <laughs> I'm not watching any more games. <laughs> oh, you mean because they didn't make the playoffs? Okay, sure. Because okay. there are no more games? Oh, that's right, Rick. Sorry. Uh, God. Can I tell you something? I've become a Dolphins fan. Uh, right. How's that going for you? Not so good. Holy um, crap, do they suck. Huh? Well, here's the deal. Let me tell you something. All last year, my buddy, who's the biggest Jets fan in the world, right. was like, we're going to lose every game. We're going to get the best NFL draft pick. And by the way, just for the record, I'm not going to sit here and pre- – a lot of things that happened during the game sure. and positions, I have no idea. Right. I'm, I'm, You're just doing it I'm because drinking, it's fun. I'm in Sunday, the pool. I'm screaming go Dolphins because it's. I'm ending right. my week. Right. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm football's on. Right. Dinner, family, the whole nine yards. That's okay. so it's any, a fun day. Fun day. Right. So, um, my butt all year long. You know the Jets are going to be in last place. We're going to get the first NFL. We're finally going to have a good year. We right? killed them the week before. You killed them the week before. Put up forty five. But then somebody said online or whatever they said the Jets like. Considering how bad they are, like they're tanking on purpose. Some, no, but they did some damage to you. They, they shouldn't have done as good to you as they did, right? Or they they didn't they, they scored more against the Raiders than they thought they were going to score. Yeah, I mean the final score was forty five twenty, which for the worst team in the league shouldn't even get twenty. I mean, or you guys should have never let twenty points on the board. We don't have a defense; we just have an offense. Okay, yeah. So when they play the Dolphins, and I hear about fucking all this ajay and bullshit and fucking all this, and I'm like, oh my god, okay. And then we just got completely ass fucked. Is that what being a Dolphin fan is going to be about for me for the next 20 years? Which, what do I need to get ready for? Because when I was a kid and my dad would Marino and the whole bullshit, I never paid attention. I didn't care. Yeah. And it was like, still we look. made the playoffs and we lost, lost, right. lost, lost every year. Am I, what am I getting? What am I setting myself up for here? Um, disaster? Basically, you need to bend over. Uh-huh. Okay. Like right now, and I'll get a some kind of bat or stick, a fishing and just, rod, and just shove it right up my ass. Correct. And that's being a dolphin fan. Slow, like very <laughs> slow. <laughs> How Negan would do it, right? Um, for instance, like the Dolphins game. Not only did they lose against probably one of the worst teams in the league, talent-wise, right? I'm sure they got a lot of heart because they showed it. But right when they tune out the game, they show Tom Brady. With 30 seconds I left. I saw that. Oh, Bob my God. for oh, a touchdown, which is something? a double smack in the face. Well, the thing is, I, I, like, we got a minute 30. It's really quickly, I watched him come back, and I said to myself, this guy's a football god. i got to wait till he retires. But my question to you is this. If the Jets are supposed to be that bad, right, and they win against us, and they, were, they had a that close game against Buffalo. Up what, like, are they going to possibly try to like, come back throughout the rest of the season, and is it going to screw up their draft picks? Listen, the Jets not, might not be that bad. Week one against Buffalo, they lost by like three. Buffalo just beat Denver, so they're not a bad team, obviously. Right. The only game they got kind of blown out was against us. I mean, they beat the Dolphins. I mean, listen, they didn't just like beat the Dolphins. They freaking. They raped us. They destroyed us. But, 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 with a minute left, with a minute left, we had Irma. Screwed up our schedule. True. Then they had to go to California. True. Then they had to go to New York. Then they have to go to London. Do you think that got in their head and fucked us up? Yes. So it's not fair. For us to just say they're terrible. You play your schedule. You play your schedule. That's but the best our coach schedule is, wasn't our schedule. Talk to Belichick. What does he always say? You play the schedule. Really? He's yeah. a fucking one he's game, a man. One game at a time. God, he's cool. You can't help 
who you play. Right. All you can do is just put in your all and cry. And, you know, Patriots. Yeah. Oh, God. <sighs> Raiders, you know, I'm making a prediction right now with 20 seconds. We will make the playoffs. And I am excited for this year, even though we got blown out Sunday night football. But we are going to be a good team. We're 2-1. and one. We got Denver. We're going to win. Make sure you guys go to ExtremeKayakFishing.com. The Sailfish Smackdown is right around the corner. Go Dolphins! The date is January 27th and 28th for the Sailfish Smackdown. Go to ExtremeKayakFishing.com. You can actually sign up already. If you sign up before, I believe it's, I don't know the date yet, you get a free tournament shirt. We'll talk to you guys soon. We love you. What do you got to say? I love you, bitches. And uh, go out there and do some fishing for me, please. This has been the Kayak Fishing Raw Podcast.